This episode is brought to you by Fetch. Fetch is a kennel alternative right here in Denver, not a traditional doggy daycare or boarding school. They offer one-on-one private pet care for all kinds of pets, both furry and non-furry. And their employees are experienced, insured, bonded, and background checked. So you can rest easy knowing your pet is in good hands. Basically, they know pets. Um, I used to watch a Burmese mountain dog named Sven, who was just like walking a polar bear. It was insane. (laughs) Fetch offers pet sitting, dog walking, pet taxi, medication administration, and more. And he hated going on walks. I could like walk him around the block and then he was like, he just like to lay in the bathtub. So if you're looking for high quality pet care you can trust, check out Fetch at northdenver.fetchpetcare.com. That's northdenver.fetchpetcare.com. Today on CityCast Denver. There have never been fewer teens in Denver's workforce than there are right now. Yet at the same time, employers across the metro area are complaining about labor shortages. So what's up? Our teen correspondent and former reporter for the Thomas Jefferson High School Journal, Shana St. Fard, is here to explain what she thinks adults are missing when it comes to those traditional summer jobs. Today is Monday, July 10th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Shana St. Bard, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Hi, thank you for having me back. So the Colorado Sun did some reporting on summer jobs and found that teenagers are making up less and less of the workforce. And Shana, I know you're off to college in the fall, but did you have a job during the summer, the school year or at all when you were in high school? So I actually had a job during the school year, but not during the summer, which is actually counter to what the article said. (laughs) Sure. Well, what kind of I guess what kind of work were you doing? So I was working at. I wonder if I should say the name, Rice Bistro and Sushi. Yeah, I'll give them some free clout. Okay. Yeah. um, As a hostess, uh, waiter, and busser. It was fun. I got to work with some of my friends. One of my friends actually recommended me for the job, and that's how I got it. So I got to work with her after school. And so it was bonding. It was kind of fun. It was a learning experience. It was my first job in the service industry. It wasn't my first job ever, but I think that was what I would consider one of my first real quote unquote jobs. Somewhere you have to show up. and Yeah. You mentioned with your restaurant job that you got that job in part because someone you, someone you knew already worked there. Yeah. I wonder what is the experience like for you outside of that when you were maybe applying for other jobs? How did, how did that go and what did you encounter? So Indeed.com was my go-to. I didn't really know who to ask for a job. I remember trying to apply for a barista position at a bunch of places. I tried Starbucks. I tried a lot of other places. My sister worked at Starbucks, so I was like, okay, how hard can it be? Um, (laughs) But my sister, of course, had had prior experience um, through a job. She got through a friend recommendation at a boba shop, so it was easy for her to get um, barista qualifications. So sometimes it feels like it's that you have to have previous experience, but how do you get previous experience if you've never had a job before? And so I would would go to places and I would say, hey, so you're hiring. Can I have an application? I would fill it. I never got a call back from any of them. How many applications did you fill out? For in-person, on paper, I did five of those. On Indeed, I did 57 
and I got a call back from three and I did not get any jobs. <laughs> but I was I was 15 at the time and I didn't have a car. And a lot of the questions were, what's your transportation? Yeah, what's your transportation? And I was like, ah, I can walk, I can bike. And they're like, oh. So I guess why I wanted to talk to you is because you're the young person in question. In this report, they're talking about the fact that over the last couple decades, fewer and fewer teens are entering the workforce. What do you what do you make of that report? Almost all of my friends work. Really? And they they work year year round, which is which is definitely different. Mm. Um so I for entering the workforce, I I wonder if it's just talking about summer or if it's talking about other things, but I also have friends who are student athletes mm. um who definitely prioritize their athletics in order for scholarships. I know that most of my friends are going to school for volleyball and if you're either if it's d1 or d3 it's really good for them to prioritize volleyball because future going forward if you want to get into volleyball at that collegiate level you need to be able to have put in the hours in the high school yes realm yeah you have to get noticed by coaches it's a whole thing but at the same time they're also holding jobs which is kind of insane which it's school, it's volleyball, it's having a job. And that combination, I've seen it way pretty heavy on my friends because it's just, you don't have a lot of free time. Yeah. But I can see how teens are less reliable mm. um, just like over the summer because I've also had teens be like, my, my friends, teens, quote unquote, my peers, <laughs> um, they're like, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. And I'm, I'm the little devil on the shoulder saying, <laughs> call out, call out, call out. And they're like, maybe I will. So I can definitely see how, um, especially if you don't have that prior experience, people are going to be a little less likely because teens aren't, are, are dependents on their parents. They don't need the money. Um, sometimes. Sure. I was going to say, yeah, I want to talk about that in a little bit, the sort of distinctions in class and socioeconomics, yeah. but this comment you you made about like calling out or not being reliable. I want to read a, a quote from the Colorado Sun piece that struck me and I want to get your take on it because it's kind of about that reliability component or are teens the, the right people for the job. So this quote is um, it's from a franchise owner of a McDonald's in Lakewood. And she said, it's really hard with kids these days because they want to be on their phone. They always want to have their AirPods in their ears. And in the food service industry, hospitality is huge. When I tell them some of those things, they're like, no, I don't want to work here. Is that an accurate assessment? I would say it's a semi-accurate assessment, which which kind of sucks for me to say. But even in school, and school isn't like what I'm judging people on, but it's impossible to go into a class without a student having an AirPod in or a phone out. I feel like just as a generation, our attention span is like, it's, it's short. It's like studies have shown that, wish I could pull it up right now, but um, <laughs> studies have shown that students, their attention is, is less so. And when you're sitting in a, oh, it's just so hard. It's just so hard to care as much as people want you to because it's act your wage. Like that's a, a act act your wage. Is that what you said? Yeah, act your wage. If I'm getting paid thirteen dollars an hour, I'm not going to be standing up and being like, hi, like how are you today? La, 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 la. Sure. And there's definitely something about generational gaps where it's um teens just are like, I'm replaceable enough so that I can leave. And and, and you it's feel true. like 
they're just going to find somebody else. I, there yeah. isn't enough buy-in from your employer for you to care to put in your own yeah. buy-in into the job. It's, it's, the it's general kind idea. of like that, but it's also what I am doing here does not feed passion and mm-hmm. it's not something I'm going to be doing forever. So I'm not going to give it my my energy or my like spirit because it's Life's not feeding short. it. Yeah. <laughs> You brought up the wage thing, which uh, so Denver Parks and Rec has yet again, they've had to limit their summer outdoor pool hours of operation because they have this staffing shortage. And that's after they increased hourly rates and offered more training last year. What do you think, Shana? Shouldn't offering more money have sort of fixed the labor problem? Raising wages is always going to be kind of just like a, yeah, yeah, you're going to get me in if it's $17 an hour. That's great. It's not the most interesting, but the thing is, if you are going to do a more labor, if you're going to be doing a job, people will go and find a job that pays more and do more. Um, but then also, if it's a pool, I mean, kids don't mind the pool. You're going to go. So raising wages is going to be a good way to get people. It's not going to be like the best way. The best way is just to have a an interesting job opportunity so it's really a balance between like good paying yeah and keeps your attention yeah kind of. so like okay so i, I noticed this at, i've mentioned this before but i was at in and out mm-hmm. and it says starting at 1950 and i think going up to 22 dollars an hour yeah. would that be a driver for you that place is bonkers busy like mm-hmm. i assume when you clock in at in and out you are on your feet working for your whole eight hour shift obviously yeah. you have a brief break but there's no stop time mm-hmm. would that be something that you or your friends would consider yes uh is which, it the money it's the money it's also the challenge of it okay um i know i hate it's a chicken shop and it's Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and I hate to say this, but they offer very good benefits. Um, I'm not going to bring up your queer family situation. Oh, no, no, don't even mention my <laughs> queer situation as an individual. Oh, my God. It's it's guilty pleasure every single bite. But there's a lot of teens that work there. There are. And it's a highly competitive situation, which you wouldn't think. But it really is. Really? I saw I saw I. Because I applied. I wanted to work for Chick-fil-A. I don't know. Break the bank. I don't know. So they pay well. They pay well. They offer benefits. It's easy to move up the corporate ladder. Yeah. Um, Morally gray, but come on. What is morally gray, maybe? Exactly. If you're going to work for the pigs, get all the money. (laughs) Anyways, um, there was was an, an interview day where they were looking for candidates. And in t- my entire high school was there. It was over 200 people who wow. were going for five positions. And this must have been two years ago. And everybody was 17. I knew people who had job ex- like prior experience and they weren't getting the job because they weren't like giving the right answers. So it's also a combination of are you willing to go there or do you have the kind of media training that you need to get an interview? And for like people who are more shy, mm. it's like hard for them to do that. And also COVID, I think, messed up teens more than we think. It messed up our 
our networking skills. It, sure. We lost two years of being out in the workforce, period. And not to mention just not being social in your exactly. normal high school it, environment. Yeah, and it makes it makes people socially awkward. Mm. Um so there's yeah. all these sort of hidden factors, it sounds like to me, that maybe adults are not picking up on mm-hmm. that matter to, to teens, yeah. right? Like the cloud or the place why you want to work there or why you want to be part of that company culture or yeah. that you look to that company culture as like, that's something I can like get down with. That's like my thing. Yeah. Um, so it's not just wages. It's not just the type of job. It's also how you feel about that place. Do you do you want to work there? Yeah. So I I do want to talk a little bit about socioeconomic status in terms of why kids work. Mm -hmm. Could you talk about why you work? What's your, if you're comfortable talking about your personal socioeconomic economic situation, why do you work, Sheena? Yeah. So I work, I worked as a hostess mainly because I wanted, uh, I wanted more money. Uh, I think that's the reason a lot of people work. I just wanted more just fun spending money. I wanted to buy, I don't know, new Adidas probably. Um, and I wanted to actually kind of feel what it was like to be an adult. I I know that I was going to become one. I wanted to figure out how to do my own taxes. I wanted to engage myself in a world where I didn't know. It was a lot more curiosity than it was actual fiscal need. But like, so for other folks, maybe their situations are different where Mm. they're helping their parents maybe pay their bills like they have to work. Yeah. I know one of my close friends, they didn't, they actually quit doing their sport so that they could provide Mm. for themselves and the water bill and a bunch of other things. And so she worked as a manager for, yeah, she started working at 14. Mm -hmm. um, And then she moved up to a manager level by 16 and has been working there for two years and is now buying her parents' home for herself. It's amazing. Um, yeah, because she wants to go to college here and she wants to work, but it really stemmed from a need. And you also have people who are, I just need a little more money and I can call off when I want because mm. I have the freedom of my parents helping me. And it's hard for employers to kind of differentiate between who needs this ah. and who doesn't. And so they err on the side of, I don't think you need it because it costs a lot of money to retrain people. Yes. And it's actually the, I learned this from my DECA class, shout out Mr. Nicolo. It's the most expensive part of business is training employees because so that turnover mm-hmm. is pro- also i think that was brought up in the colorado sun yeah. piece was like they don't want to hire teenagers for temporary you mm-hmm. know summers because they have to train somebody else to do that yes. job in three months yeah and so it's all these it's just like sounds like there's a lot more factors than just teens don't want to work yeah so i something i just kind of want to finish up with here is that I I feel like your generation is prioritizing mental health Mm -hmm. in a way people my age and older have not really done. Um, And then like you mentioned, the pandemic has changed school forever, put stress on different kinds of stresses on you Mm -hmm. and also removing those social aspects that you get from the high school experience. Do you think mental health factors into a teen's decision to get a job? Yes. Okay. How would it factor in for you? For me, uh, I was balancing uh, competitive fencing. Um, I was training for the Junior Olympics at the same time that I had a job. So I would go to school from 7.30 to 2. I would go to work from about 
2.30 to either 8 or 10, depending on the day. And that left no time for me. And easily got depressed. Like Mm. when you don't have a single second for yourself and it's all devoted to something else, you just you you disassociate and you're like, I'm a robot that's meant to work fence and make other people happy. And my mom saw that and she was like, Shayna, it it is not worth you losing your happiness and like brightness to be doing all of these things. I'm going to need you to stop. Mm. Now, does that mean that I have to now pack my own lunches and not go out to eat at the noodles and company? Because you don't have that. I don't have that spending money. And it's so sad, but it's, it wasn't worth working. And so mental health really does count in. Now, I definitely know some of my friends who I'm like, you should quit. You should quit your job. You're so sad. You're unhappy. And they're like, I, I literally I'd love can't. to, but I have to work. Yeah. So again, it's that socioeconomic yeah. status can factor into whether mm-hmm. or not you can prioritize yeah. your mental health. And it, yes. And I feel like there's a lot of adults who are like, well, yeah, like mental health, mental health, because I didn't get to do that. And I'm like, yeah, and look at you now. Yeah, I'm like, go see a therapist, please. <laughs> like, yes. And I'm here to tell you, you need therapy because yeah. you avoided it this whole. Exactly. You know. Well, Shana St. Bart, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Bree, for having me. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Migrant shelters. The Denver Post reports that outgoing Mayor Michael Hancock announced last Thursday that Denver will not be moving forward with plans to hire a private security company to take over the city's migrant sheltering efforts. This comes after reports of alleged abuse and mistreatment from the company, Garda World Federal Services, as well as the company's inexperience in sheltering migrants. The city has already spent $20 million on migrant support since December, and the now-canceled contract was for $40 million more. Incoming Mayor Mike Johnston said he will be committed to continuing the work of addressing Denver's migrant crisis. And it looks like the days of free tolls on I-70 are over. Starting tomorrow, the new I-70 express lane running from Brighton Boulevard to Chambers Road in Aurora will cost between $1.50 and $10.08, depending on the time of day and direction you're driving. Denverite reports that some Globeville area Swansea residents and families displaced from the community due to the highway's expansion can get subsidized transit passes and toll credits. Tolls are still free for motorcycles, buses, and vehicles carrying three or more people. We'll drop a link in the show notes with more information. And one last thing. If there was a Colfax Hall of Fame, who would you like to see honored? We're taking nominations right now. So if you know of a person, place, or thing that represents Colfax, let us know. Call and leave us a voicemail with your name and nomination at 720-500-5418. Again, you can reach the Colfax Hall of Fame hotline at 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why don't you take a minute to tell Chick-fil-A CEO Andrew T. Kathy about us. Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Our teen correspondent and former reporter for the Thomas Jefferson High School Junior...